Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NFL and the free agency. We're going to talk about um, landing spots for Jameis Winston. We're going to talk about landing spots for Cam Newton. We're also going to talk about the NFL draft. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about when will sports start again. Um, we're going to also talk about um, what other alternatives, um, sports companies, sports teams, um, TV management, what else, all the alternatives that they can use um, to generate more revenue. My co-host Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross join me out calls of God's talking sports and that begins right now. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support out there. We're going to get right into it. We got a lot to talk about, or maybe we don't have a lot to talk about. <laughs> We're going to still talk anyway about what's going on in the world of sports or what is not going on in the world of sports. Um, <laughs> we, we're still going to talk. So without further ado, got my co-host with me, Ace and Earl. What's going on, fellas, man? How you guys doing? Uh, just living our uh, quarantine life the best way we can. <laughs> lots of uh, lots of vino. <laughs> yeah, yeah, alcohol consumption. Yeah, alcohol consumption. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm just stick to my water. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. So we're gonna get right into it. Of course, um, of course, there's no sports going on live as of yet. Um, all the sports right now is still postponed at the moment. So we're going to talk about what else we could talk about, what's going on in the world of sports today, some sports news. Um, let's start with a little bit about the NFL. Um, there's free agency still in the works. Um, there's a couple of players that still don't have teams, as in Cam Newton and Jameis Winston now. Um, so real talk, I am just want to get your thoughts on this because – we talked about this before we, last week with Cam Newton. Um, will he be able to find a home? So I have a couple of questions. Do you think he's going to be able to find a home? Do you think Jameis is going to be able to find a home? And if so, what teams do you think are in the mix to even inquire about those two players? Uh, you know what? Let me take it from a different direction. I think the question is whether or not they're going to be starters again. Mm. Um, but, but to answer your, your question initially, I mean, there's not that many jobs out there left. I mean, um, the only job that I think they're still in flux is, is the, um, Los Angeles Chargers job. Um, so maybe Cam could be a decent fit there. You know, I don't know. Um, you would have thought maybe with the, um, New England Patriots, but it looks like, um, Bill Belichick is going to run with, um, with Stenham. Um, but I think he says a different idea. No, no, no. Just to say that the Pats released Cody Kessler. That was the number three dude on the, because I think it was Stidham, Hoyer, and Kessler. And they just released Kessler today. So, I think it might be a James Winston, though. It could be um, someplace where he can go, but Jameis Winston might actually find himself in, in Pittsburgh. I mean, that might be a good place if, if you know, you can go with Mike Tomlin, learn from Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, um, their backup situation there was 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 a complete disaster <laughs> last year. So um, 
obviously they're going to look for someone that can at least come in and be a competent backup and fill in in case Ben Roethlisberger doesn't come back 100% healthy. The question is, is it Jameis Winston that you want or Cam Newton? I think either one, they go, they will have to kind of, I think more so Cam will have to swallow that pride. He's a former, you know, MVP of the league, went to the Super Bowl. So the question is, is he going to be willing to take a backup role? Because I think anywhere they go, and the places are very limited at this point, they're going to be asked to be backup roles. Um, some people thought maybe the Miami Dolphins might be a good spot, but I think they're going to keep on Fitzpatrick just because you know he's not a long-term answer, but he's at least competent enough to get you through a season. If they go and get Tua, and Tua is somewhat ready to go a bit sooner than later, then you can have Fitz um, being at seat until um, Tua gets well. And if he can come in later on in the season, then maybe you bring him in and, and start him then, or you maybe just redshirt him. But I don't know. The position, it, it's very light. It's hard to tell at this point. I think the better question is going to be come training camp, whenever that's going to be. Um, there's always going to be some people getting hurt in training camp. There's always going to be people getting hurt come um, preseason. The question is going to be, will Cam or James find a home at that point? I would love, 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 love to see James. I'm sorry, I'd love to see Cam end up in San Diego on a one-year prove-it deal. Um, and then in the same same instance have San Diego draft uh, Jordan Love, I believe, is the quarterback from Utah State, and have yeah. groom under Cam for that one year and then pass the baton on. At that point, maybe Cam could put up some decent enough numbers, whereas some of these QBs who they – there's some teams who feel as though they have a QB will flame out or whatever, and then Cam will go on and, you know, because mess around. And um, and our boy from uh, from Houston may want out just because uh, they got rid of their wide receiver. I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. You know, he ain't, he ain't completely happy right now. And I think he's I think he's on year five of his rookie deal this, this season. No. Uh, year four. He's not not year five. I think it might be year four. But he's but, but he, he he's going to be next one up come after this season for a contract. Exactly. And he may want out. And Cam, hopefully, you know, he'll only be 30, 31 years old by that time. He would have had a, a pretty decent year in San Diego. And then he could probably transition over to Houston. And hopefully there'll still be somewhat some talent over there and maybe can kind of roll that way. Um, I agree with you when you say uh, Jameis to Pittsburgh because I think a year under Roethlisberger might do him some good. And it's similar, similar quarterback style, gunslinger, willing to take chances. And, I mean, people could sit there and say Jameis was the defensive player of the year. You can say all that crap. <laughs> like, my man still threw for over five G's you know what I'm saying and as uh, as our buddy Shad would say that's quarterback stats you know if you if you throw him for over 4,000 plus 4,000 plus yards in a season that means you're a quarterback 
and Jameis is indeed a quarterback. And I believe the wide receiver um, that recently gave up his number for Tom Brady came out and said that half of those damn um, interceptions wasn't even on Jameis. It was uh, wide receivers running bad routes. Because it was. It was, <laughs> without question. <laughs> but, you know, everybody wanted to sit there and point the finger at Jameis because obviously he's the quarterback. And I don't, you know, Jameis is just getting the, really the, the bad end of the stick right here, you know, because I think Jameis has plenty of damn good football left ahead of him if he's put into the right situation. That's why I was saying a New England wouldn't sound bad because it's a similar style of offense, and it's so to speak, but he's not asked to push the ball, push the ball 20, 30, 40 yards down the field. It's more dink and dunk. And I think he would thrive in that type of a system if given opportunity. But Pittsburgh does Pittsburgh does sound really good. I think he would he would thrive in Pittsburgh. It'd be a nice transition from Roethlisberger if he wants to play another year or two. You sit, he'll, he'll still be 28, 29 by the time he gets the reins. Plenty of football still left in front of him. And he can kind of go on and live his life, you know, and make some pretty decent coin as a uh, and as an above average backup quarterback. <laughs> Those quarterbacks are getting eight, nine million dollars a year. <laughs> so sit it out for a year or two and then keep it moving. And, um and then you never know. I mean there's you never know with all these young quarterbacks coming in, you know, it, and somebody and especially if either Cam and or uh Jameis go into the right situation and their quarterback goes down, especially if they're both playing backups, they can come in and just do a Ryan, Ryan Tannehill and parlay themselves into another hundred million dollar contract. You gotta love football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Without question. Um I <laughs> um I do agree with you about Cam to Pittsburgh. I think everybody's in agreement that that would be an ideal fit for him. Whether or not he takes it, of course, we talked about this last week, of uh, whether or not he will take it, we don't know. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does, but his choices are very limited. The question in now is, is that, is he willing to take that backup role or is he, because there's really nothing else he could do at this stage. Um, as far as Jameis goes, I, hmm, I, I agree with you that he, he, I mean, his choices are limited as well. Um, I think one team that we haven't talked about what I would think would be interesting for him would be um, the Saints um, as a backup um, and run with Sean Payton's group to run there. Um, I think, I mean, I'm just saying it because with Bridgewater out, um, if Winston comes in, he could take that, he could fill that backup role too. Um, or let me ask a question. I'm just throwing this out there. What about Philadelphia? Because Wentz is, you know, He's injury prone. So he's going to need an actual quarterback that will, you know, come in and automatically fill the reins, uh, you know, take that, build that spot if Wentz goes down. So, I, and I'm, I'm speaking, I'm asking this question to the resident Philadelphia resident out there. <laughs> um, has anybody talked or have you heard anything in sports related about uh, maybe possible or heard about Jameis Winston possibly? Um, being reached out by the Eagles or Cam being reached out by the Eagles, just, you know, hypothetically? Or if you heard sports talk about it in general? 
No, because I think right now if they're going to go with a backup, they're going to go with a more low-profile um, backup. I mean, you just had a very high-profile backup that won the Super Bowl that was given a lot of questions, you know, and a lot of people thought that they got rid of the <laughs> wrong QB um, when they let um, when they when they let um, Nick Foles. Yeah, Nick Foles go to um, Jacksonville. Um, but no, no talk. Um, when you, if you bring in Jamison or Cam, more so you bring in Cam, you're going to have a high-profile, highly vocal backup quarterback to, you know, to Carson Wentz. And I think that the brain trust there don't want to have anything to disturb or upset the cart, which you're a guy that you're giving a lot of money to right now. So I never say never, but I haven't heard any talk, but I don't think he would be how they just got out of – that kind of quarterback, quarterback kind of you know, situation. So, yeah, I wasn't really thinking more about Cam, but I was thinking more of Jameis um, because I think from a backup standpoint, like I said, I it's their choices is very limited. I don't really see. I, I'll be. I wouldn't say shocked, but I would be surprised if a team comes, um, reaches out to either Cam or Jameis and say, "Hey, look." We want you to. We're gonna bring you in because we want you to fight for the starting role and whatever, whatever. Um, they gotta have that idea of knowing that if they come to a team, that there's a good chance that they're gonna be in a backup role. Um, more so, Jameis, Jameis than um, Camp at this stage. But I will say this: um, the New England side of things that would be very interesting because Ace, you said about the dink and dunk perspective. And that's something up with Jameis' alley. But I'm wondering if the system would change if they bring in a Jameis Winston or Cam Newton to um, maximize their their ability and their athletic ability and their passing and everything about that particular quarterback. Um, Will that help them? Would it be more easier for New England to adjust to the quarterback or for the quarterback to adjust to the system? Quarterback got adjust to the system. I mean, you've had comparable quarterbacks that they can plug and play in there, and they and you know the ship kept rolling. Now, once they <laughs> left New England and went abroad, that's a entirely different story. Um, but I think you go into the Patriots, the Patriots way for ten plus years. They got six rings out of the out of the bat. You either going to con- confine, <laughs> conform to. To play the system as is, or they're just not going to. They're not going to bring you in, right? Um, I'm not saying that uh, Belichick isn't. I'm not saying Belichick can't adjust his style of offense to, to fit around Cam, considering he'll have a, a mobile quarterback, put a new wrinkle on the offense. Um, I don't ever think before. Before uh, Brady, what was his name? Um, Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. And he definitely wasn't mobile. And he was mobile, but then the Jets cracked the sternum and then. That was it. <laughs> bye bye Bledsoe. Yeah, that was <laughs> it. Well, um, yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying it's not possible. But I would think, I would think Jameis will command less money, just because of the rap that he's been getting, 
and they know that it like, hey, you get the opportunity to start, but we're going to give you two years, sixteen million, or two years, twenty million dollars. Well, no, that's that's pretty damn disrespectful. Maybe maybe uh maybe two years, two years to uh, thirty eight million. You know, give nineteen million, nineteen million a year, and go out there and be the quarterback for two years, and um, kind of kind of go from there. Because I think Bridgewater, when he signed with Carolina, only signed for like maybe twenty one. I think it's three years, sixty million. So he's like twenty million a year, something like that. Yeah, he didn't get a big contract, but he got a sizable one better than what he was getting with the Saints. Correct. And I think that Jameis, anyone, Jameis, if he were to sign this contract, would be better than his rookie deal. I believe. I don't think he was making twenty million as a quarterback. Um, because it's. It was I don't think so. Deal. He might have earned somewhere close to twenty million over that, that rookie contract, but you know, uh, I think it'd be in his best bet that if somebody threw him a two year, two year forty million, two year forty two million dollar contract, go for it, and just see what happens. Especially if the Patriots throw that kind of money at you, why not? And then they'll mess around, and the Patriots will do what the Patriots do. They'll mess around and draft a quarterback in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, get rid of Brian Hoyer. <laughs> and then run with Jameis Stidham and whoever this rookie quarterback is, you know, and it's called a day. And Cam, ah, like I said, either San Diego or Pittsburgh. And and to be perfectly honest, I mean, you make a good point with the draft coming up. I mean, if these guys don't have a job now, I mean, the likelihood they're getting a job between now and draft time is going to be probably zero. I mean, I think after the draft, when you see who picked what and you get closer to like training camp and ever, then I think that the jobs are heat up. But I can probably see James Winston getting a backup position a little more easier than Cam because I think Cam with his durability issues, that ankle, you know, it's – you don't know, but I, you can start the season that Cam Newton might not be on the NFL team. That's very possible. Yeah, and I wouldn't even be surprised. Right, same, same here. Um, but I guarantee you, it's a, it might do. I guarantee that Cam will be on somebody's team prior to Week One, obviously, um, and he's going to have to accept one of those deals, just like. Uh, the Davian Kalam, you know, he thinking he want $20 million a year. You see, he coming down off of that price. He's like, yeah, 17, 18, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of those houses on the market where, you know, you price yourself above market value. And then after six months, uh, price reduction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to go through two or three price reductions before someone actually decides to make an offer. Right. You know, I was like, mm, we like it. <laughs> I don't think you worth it, though. But we like it. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, I feel bad for Jameis and Cam. Um, Jameis is getting a bad rap. I think he's a great quarterback. Just getting a bad rap right now. Cam, you know, he's finally healthy. You know, he's playing that gospel and working out at the same time. Oh, he's he, he on a mission from God. You know, he he about to run through walls. <laughs> Let everybody know that he he's the Cam of old, and he's going to make some team real – real happy if they take a chance on it. You know, here's a question for you. And again, 
this is me listening to ESPN. I took a day and it was actually watching CBS in the news and this shit was so somber, so sad. I said, I had to go back to sports, man. I can't deal with it. <laughs> watching the news in the morning. Have <laughs> you choked up? Um, the talk with Tua. You know, I'm sure you guys have seen some of the uh, mock drafts and everybody saying that Tua is going to fall to five to Miami. But everybody was saying, what's the possibility that, uh, you know, Tua going before number five, would somebody really risk such a high draft pick for Tua considering his injuries? Uh, what do you what do you guys just take on that? I mean, do you, do you think that he's worth such a high pick, or do you think he's going to fall out the top ten? What do you guys take? Um, I mean, let's all right. So we already know for a fact that since well, not for a fact, but since he most likely is going to end up taking Joe Burrow, um, mm -hmm. Washington already has a quarterback that they have. Well, Washington may be the X factor here um, because they're not sold on their, I forgot, um, Dwayne Haskins. I don't think they're really sold on him as yet. So they, I think they're the X factor here. Um, you know the Giants have their, their quarterback for the future right now. Um, I don't see any other team outside of Washington really trying that I wouldn't be shocked. I would be shocked if any team outside of Washington picks Tua um, at this stage. Um, and I'm talking about the four teams before Miami. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the, the Washington Redskins are sitting out of a bit of a good vantage point because I don't think they're going to go with Tua, even though I think the owner is more sold on Dwayne Haskins than the, the, the past coach. I, they didn't actually want Haskins, I think. They really wanted Daniel Jones, and when mm -hmm. they when they barked loud enough, they forced the Giants to maybe get them a bit sooner than they probably wanted to. But in hindsight, I think the Redskins wanted Daniel Jones more so than Dwayne Haskins. However, I don't know. That's all the talk that you that, that I've been hearing is that they're sticking with Dwayne Haskins. They're going to get Chase Young. Uh -huh. um, I think. Tua does hit Miami without Miami having to spend any kind of draft capital. Um, you know, however, if they're nervous that somebody might leapfrog them and take, you know, either the Lions or maybe the Giants spot, they might get a little antsy and want to trade up. I mean, swapping from number four to five is no big deal. I mean, the Giants are probably take it, but they're going to want to, you know, a lot in return. Um, in case someone is, you know, they're feeling, you know, their foot to the fire. Um, but if the Redskins do pick Tua, that would just throw everything in a tizzy immediately. But what you gonna do with uh, Askins? You gonna sit? You gonna keep Tua, bench him? You know, not, not playing for a year. See what Askins can do. Maybe Askins put up some pretty halfway decent numbers, and then try to trade him for a third round pick or something like that. Yeah, I can honestly see them fighting for, for um, the starting role, both of them. Um, I know. I mean, even though Haskins has the the advantage, um, he doesn't really have the edge over Tua. Um, and I can really see them battling in training camp um, before Washington makes a decision on who would start. So 
if they do pick Tua, I can I, I can honestly see a competition for the starting role between the two. Yeah, I, I um, you know, I guess it's all what the medical people say. If he's if they think he's ready to go and he can be you know healthy enough to play that first year, um, but you're right. I mean, do you put him in the fire and let him you know battle it out? Look, the Arizona Cardinals already gave you the blueprint. It's not the same exact scenario, but they pulled the trigger for you know getting a quarterback in the you know you know in the mid um, first round, and then getting you know another quarterback in the first pick, and you saw what happened. <laughs> Kyler Murray's in, Josh Rosen out, but Kyler Murray's ready to start day one. Where Tua, there's still some question marks, and there's still durability. So. No. Now she says something about Josh Rosen. Hmm. Go ahead and finish your comment. Sorry. <laughs> but like I said, yeah, it's – I don't know. It's – I would be – it will be very interesting, and I would actually pay a lot more closer attention to the draft for the Redskins would take two of because then that means, you know, everything on the from the board from three on changes. Mm-hmm. Uh you mentioned Josh Rosen, and they did say I did hear something about um, Belichick and the pa- the Patriots liked Rosen coming out of college. So I could see a possibility where the Patriots try to pull off some sort of a trade where they'll give up like a seventh round pick for Rosen. I could see that. Instead of, instead of doing, um, you said a seventh or a second, seventh. No, Rosen ain't. What has Rosen done in three years to justify a second round pick? No, I'm just saying if they oh, can okay. get if, if the Patriots can get them for a seventh round pick, they'll do that in the <laughs> in, a, in a New York minute. <laughs> oh, of course. Well, I, I doubt they'll do. They might want to ask for a fourth or a fifth just because he's young, still inexperienced. But then now this kind of plays a crazy situation because. That just leaves Fitzpatrick in the in the QB. Then that means they can still draft a quarterback, but then that opens a door for say a Jameis or a Cam. I wouldn't go with that because if, if they're going to draft Tua, you do. But you gotta be afraid of that hit, man, and all those other injuries. Yeah. Uh, you stick with then I wouldn't give up Josh Rosen or I wouldn't give up give up um, Fitzpatrick well, who the hell wants Fitzpatrick <laughs> Josh Rosen you keep saying that <laughs> he, he finds he, he stays he stays employed in the NFL you gotta give him that because he gets like one or two hundred four hundred yard games and he, you know they, Fitzmagic is back then he's Fitz. Then he's Fitz tragic. <laughs> if I'm the Dolphins, I would keep Rosen only because he's he's an insurance policy, but he's a cheap insurance policy, and he'd be much cheaper than Cam or James Winston, and you can probably offload him a lot easier. True. True. Um, but I, NFL's a crazy business. You never know. I, I was about to say that. You, you never know with this. Never know. Uh, very interesting scenario, man. Very interesting. I, the Patriots got something something up their sleeve. That much I can tell you. 
No, darn 49ers got something up y'all darn sleeves. Yes. They got that 13th pick in the draft. I'm curious. I think they're trying to trade. It wouldn't shock me if they tried to trade that damn piece and do something with it. Oh, they, are. they probably will. But to who and for what? <laughs> That's the question. That's the million-dollar question right there. Definitely have to be for something. Um, definitely have to be something that they need. Fill that need, that fill that, that hole that they have. But the question is, you're right, with who? <laughs> right. That they're targeting. What position that they're targeting? We don't know, but there's a sucker born every minute. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And I want to know who that sucker's going to be because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking long and hard, and I can't, I can't put my, I can't put my, uh, my pulse to it. I, you know, I can't think, I can't put my finger on it, I should say. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't get it. Like, they traded away a, Top tier D tackle for a first round draft pick. Who the heck are they seeing? Unless they try to target one of these wide receivers, because they let Emmanuel Sanders go. So that's the only thing I can think of that they're trying to target a wide receiver. Could be. You got to get. Uh, you got to get some more weapons around uh, Jimmy Jimmy G. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know how much faith the 49ers have in Jimmy G, considering they were talking to Tom Brady there for a minute. I thought that was pie in the sky. Yeah, I think so. I, I thought so too. too but, mm, I don't know. There was some. There was some smoke there. Maybe in um, Brady's camp, but not. I don't see it with the 49ers camp. What they should do is they should give a low ball offer to J- um, Jadavian Clowney. You can always use more more defensive people on a rotation. With the Niners? Yeah. Clowney has yet to find a job. I know, and I heard that the Giants or the Jets is the most likely landing spot for him. Lord, on knows, Lord knows we'll take him. <laughs> <laughs> they need all the help they can get on defense, both of them, more so the Giants. Anything's possible, man. Um, definitely. <laughs> definitely anything is possible. Um, that's why it's one of the reasons why we 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 – we could talk about the NFL draft, the upcoming NFL draft, because you never know. All it takes is one pick that that throws everything off. You know, it was interesting that I know we talked about the the draft still going on on the days that it's supposed to be going on, and I heard that you know they're talking about the the teams can hold it in their facilities as long as it's safe and whatever type of environment. And the funny thing I heard about with the broadcast, you know, they're broadcasting typically on ESPN and the NFL Network. But what I thought was really interesting, that they're going to have the college football broadcast of the draft on ABC. Hmm. I guess with the college football analysts breaking down the picks instead of, the traditional, you know, you have your guys at ESPN or NFL trying to break it down. I thought now, I thought this was interesting. I did, I'm assuming they did this last year, but I don't remember them doing it last year. And the, the college football breakdown is actually on ABC that Thursday night. Uh, I remember last year when they did the draft, they were doing it from, I think, two different channels. I think and you had like um, 
think it was on ESPN, but I think they also had another broadcast on the um, the NFL Network, and you had two different two different groups of people commentating and breaking the stuff down. So right, I remember that. But I'm I'm actually kind of curious watching it from a college football perspective more so than the NFL perspective because for those like yourself, Earl, who don't necessarily watch college football like that, and like we said last week when you had the no names after round three or round two, where you get a more uh, a more definitive breakdown of a particular player, having that college football broadcast of the draft will be really interesting. And I can, uh, I can see where more eyeballs might want to land over on the college football side versus the actual NFL draft side. Because they're still talking about the draft in a whole. You're just getting a more in-depth college football breakdown of that individual. And I think that will draw more people when you're talking about rounds four through seven versus rounds one through three. Because honestly, you know, when those in the seventh round, when the, the picks every like every two minutes and the picks are just lying in, you have no idea who the hell it is. <laughs> Having that college breakdown would be a little bit more uh, interesting because you kind of you kind of know a little something about, you know, other than your local paper telling you what the hell is going on or the ESPN analysis breaking it down after the fact. So I thought that was pretty interesting when I heard that today. I just thought I'd share. <laughs> Too much ESPN, by the way. It's way. <laughs> so, a, a quick question before uh, I know we're coming up on the time, but a quick question to our um, college football person there: What's your over/under of college football actually being? Let me phrase that. What's your over and under of actually college football games being played this upcoming season? I think zero. And I say that because we were being I was talking about it when you stepped away for a minute before the show, where Japan just had another outbreak, second wave of the virus. Um unless unless our folks over the C D C and the labs across the country the world find some sort of vaccine where they can kind of manipulate the bud, uh it's very unlikely where I think they'll have it have something within the next four or five months uh, as far as vaccine is concerned. Um, so I'm saying very low probability, low to zero. Um, if we got some games, I think I heard something where the games could possibly start November, December and have a championship game in somewhere in the spring. I heard something about that, you know. And I know why they're doing it, because college football is like the cash cow for a lot of universities. And that's where the majority of their revenue is brought in, because all of the other, outside of college football, men's basketball, and maybe a baseball or something like that, the majority of the revenue comes in through football. And it, and it pumps money into the other other sports, other other uh, other sports that are being played by universities. So those other sports pretty much bring in the red, like they make they lose money when you know for those sports. Whereas 
a Rutgers brings in, hypothetically, $30 million from the Big Ten. And that'll help subsidize other sports. It still generates some sort of a profit for the athletic department. Uh, if if these uh, if these games aren't played, then uh, where the money coming from? Now, what makes it even bigger is a lot of these conferences are having their TV deals are coming up here in the next year or two or three. Will there be money to be had if this pandemic isn't completely under control? People will people will have fear about actually going to going to games. So if there's no if there's no people in the stands, the TV people are gonna sit there and say, "Well, we're not gonna pay you top dollar." you know, for a halfway decent product. <laughs> I think I think this is going to be a really uh, long-lasting effect of how things are going to be kind of going moving forward. This might be. It's crazy that you're not alone. I think that a lot of people are feeling the same way and thinking the same way. And I would not be surprised if TV is thinking, um, management is thinking that same way um, as well. Um, this is going to be a, some type of trickle-down effect that's going to happen where it's going to affect a lot of shows, I mean, a lot of um, college and universities, um, one way, shape, or form. Um, because let's be honest, if the product is not showing, they're losing the money. And they're going to have to find other alternatives if this doesn't come back to the norm um, where they are used to doing. So they're going to find another alternatives which means that something's going to have to give where it's not going to be, it's not, the, it's not going to go back to the way things were. It's going to be a new norm um, once this is all done, no matter what. So it's going to be interesting to see how, what's the outcome out of this? Because from the avid, from the ads um, that the TV, that, you know, from advertisements um, of the games and, all that stuff is going to have to be shaped and changed one way, shape, or form so that um, it still brings that almighty dollar to the TV um, station. So it's a change. And it's going to be something where they're going to have to find different alternatives different for different revenues um, to come out good on this. And I think that's what they're doing now. They're doing their research on this. You know that they're watching, um, see how other people react, how see exactly what it is. Like with the shows that they're, um, the reruns that they're playing with the big games, um, you know that they're taking a look and see who's watching to see if this is going to be continuing, um, is this working for them? If it's not working for them, they're going to move on to something else. But I think that it's going to be something that they need to watch and watch very carefully because if the money's not coming in, then they're going to look at other revenues, other options at this stage. Yeah, I'm, I think that's been the question that's been coming up and some people have been um, very skeptical, but I think the telltale sign is, is going to probably be what happens with baseball and basketball. If basketball is shut down, if they're like close up shop because stuff is still like, you know, if numbers haven't come down and if really, if baseball doesn't start up by sometime in the summer, and that threatens everything down in the fall. 
I mean, you don't have to worry about that. I mean, football, the schools can't open. There ain't no football, college football. There ain't no college football. You're probably not going to have any NFL. You got that right. True. So if baseball, not so much basketball, I think basketball might do like a, if they can do like a, a 20 game sprint to the playoffs, if they can, if they can manage that. But if baseball can't come back sometime by the summertime, then everything after that is in jeopardy. Or better yet, if baseball cancels the whole season, mm. then everybody else is fucked behind them. Because that means the situation, this pandemic has not gotten to a point where people feel comfortable enough, let alone to go to baseball stadiums, comfortable enough to go on college campuses, comfortable enough to go in a college stadium. If they can't do that. They damn sure ain't going to the NFL stadium. Now, the NFL might get slick and say, we can do games without people. And to a certain degree, they can. But the college football experience is so much with the student body and the people there. If you don't have people on campus, that's going to screw them over. Yep, I agree. And so the NFL, that's why NFL hasn't cut anything out because I think they're getting in their mind that at the very least, we're going to try to run games with nobody in there. And if baseball can pull it off, then NFL is going to do it. Uh, and if NFL can't, I don't see how the NFL does unless things are calmed down by the um by the fall. But then training camp, OTAs, I mean, it's going to be a – you're probably going to have a condensed season. I mean, they just already signed a contract for a 17-game season, which doesn't start until, what, next year? Right. So I don't know. Like I said, Ace, your, your, your favorite sport, baseball – Everybody's going to take their cue. If they can come back and play, I think everybody's going to try to find a way to do it. Yeah. Now, I guess my biggest thing, you know, especially when it comes, if you circle back to college football real quick, and it comes with the, uh, you know, the mega TV deals. And now people are starting to hurt as far as, you know, people getting laid off, they're going to be on unemployment. We don't know how long this is going to last. If you thought people were cutting the cord with cable now, who's to say that it's not going to be twice or three times as worse moving forward? So how does it look for those universities, those conferences, when they're looking for those mega TV deals and those mega TV deals aren't going to be there anymore? You know, it's interesting that we talked again about me getting ESPN Plus because Big 12 is starting to stream a lot of their games through streaming and ESPN Plus platform. Interesting that I think the landscape, because of all of this, is going to start shifting more and more in that route. And TV deals are going to become less and less because people can't afford to now have a decent cable package, not alone a cable package in itself. So I thought, you know, um, you know, the Big Ten reigns supreme when it comes to these uh, their conference and generating tons of money every year. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna come 
that's going to come crashing down here real soon if things don't kind of turn around. So maybe not this year, but I can definitely say, yeah, right. Next year in renegotiating of you know future deals, yeah. And it almost makes me wonder: was the Big Twelve on to something, and they they just didn't know the severity of what the situation was going to be coming up because they decided to do the streaming route to try to generate additional monies versus trying to, to draw a more lucrative TV deal. But see, that's the and but and that's the whole thing. Like that's being proactive because we know that there's a shift right now where this this TV deals is going to be less and less because of certain things like this. Um, streaming right now is the way to go. So it's just that they was just being proactive enough to say, you know what, we're going to get ourselves into the streaming aspect of it since you see all these other cable. Um, companies doing it. HBO is doing streaming now. Um, Showtime is doing streaming now. So you know it's going to get to a point where these cable companies is not going to have much rights as they used to have with all these companies. And mm -hmm. so streaming is going to be that the thing moving forth. And you see like now a lot of people are eliminating TV, the cable aspect of it, because now they're focusing on the internet and streaming aspect of it because that's where it is right now that's where the bread and butter is going to be that's where the future is headed towards so um it's going to be that the tv deals is going to minimize more and more and as that shift goes more into streaming they're going to try and do whatever they can to keep that money still coming in from the tv rights which is why this research on this particular aspect is so important because they need to understand whether or not this is really going to be something that we have to worry about in the future, or is this just a fashion of pan? And right now, the way it looks like, it looks like this is something that the TV, from a TV aspect, they're really concerned about it because once they go streaming, that's it for the TV side of things. It's just all streaming, internet, and everything is going to be, the money is going to be towards now the internet side of things instead of the TV and cable side of things. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think the end result of the coronavirus as a way has to deal with sports um, right now. I think I think we're still probably a few years away to kind of really see the, the true effects. But to your point, Adrian, yeah, I think the Big Twelve probably because they weren't able to get that kind of lucrative deal like the SEC and ACC and even the Big Ten, mm -hmm. they decided to go streaming. They might just kind of lucked out and depending on how this all plays out, could precipitate things, you know, a year or two to kind of start shifting them more away from those big lucrative, you know, TV deals because streaming is the way. It could be like how years ago Napster came out. Um, they, the record companies wanted to, you know, crush them. And to a certain degree they did, but the genie was out the box. I mean, he was, you know, maybe 10 years ahead of his time, but you already started writing on the wall. So 10 years later, you know, Apple iTunes come up basically was just Napster, but people were paying for it. And then after they took off, everything took off. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't provide a better, a better example, man. That's, that's, that's about as clear as an example one can get. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Interesting. I, I, I know we strayed from your, your original question. Do I see a season? I would love to see a season, but 
I'm not, I'm not putting my hopes on it. You know, I think they value the, the, the students and the student athletes life more so than trying to put them out there just to entertain people. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you got to get to the point where you got to entertain yourselves at this stage uh, for this, for the safety of everybody. Exactly. For the safety of everybody. Um, you have to entertain yourselves, which is one of the reasons why we do guys talking sports because it helps us as well um, to be, to entertain everybody as well out there in the world today. Um, but it looks like we're out of time. <laughs> so without any further ado, fellas, let them know where they can reach you at. Um, you can reach me on the gram, Snapchat, and Twitter at J.E. Ross, the number seven. You can reach me on Twitter at uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And you can reach me at on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can also catch Guys Talking Sports, which is now live on YouTube. If you click on Guys, I mean, on YouTube, hash, I mean, slash Guys Talking Sports, um, we are there now. Um, we got all the videos of the previous uh, weeks that we have worked on. We are also recording. We are also on podcasts, Spotify, all the podcasts out there, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the podcast stations out there. We're on that as well. But for right now, we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. We hope that we provided some type of entertainment for you guys from a fan's perspective as we talk more about sports as we normally do. So we appreciate all the love and support out there. Until next time, you guys, God bless. Take care. Stay safe. Stay at home. And have a good one. Stay home.